Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. This week, the story is about the ever-changing landscape of television and movies, and how a vast, long-range plan can evolve over time. When we made a podcast several months ago to discuss the huge list of Star Wars series and movies in development, we said it was very likely that some of them would not see the light of day because plans change. Uh, They were just getting started at the time. Our predictions have already turned out to be true. Um, And so some of this news that we want to talk about this week is kind of old hat, but we haven't had an opportunity to break it down. Uh, Starting, I guess, with what I just hinted at, which is a Star Wars series that now is no more before it ever was. Were you surprised to see these slates changing so early? Uh, This is an interesting one because it really was dependent on the scenario and it confirms what a lot of the rumors were, was that it was going to be starring Gina Carano uh, and that it is very clearly was uh, about Cara Dune and she was going to be the spinoff star. There was a lot of rumors actually that there was going to be Bo-Katan and Katie Sackhoff would have been kind of the other side of things as well, which doesn't seem to fit in my mind, but that was the heavy rumor that she was going to be be playing a big role. So Mandalorians could almost maybe become the galactic and rangers to a certain degree in, a, in an interesting way. But uh, we have no idea what that storyline is going to be. A lot of us thought maybe you could make a, a shift that would allow uh, Carson Teva uh, to be able to be the star or to bring in like Timothy Oliphant or who was maybe already going to be in it or who knows. Although it does seem like he's uh, currently filming Book of Boba Fett. It oh. does kind of look like it based on his, he's got his full Cobb Vanth look going at the moment. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, he should be in Book of Boba Fett. It makes almost no sense if he isn't. It really feels like uh, so much of the mission of season two Mandalorian was just expanding the Star Wars television universe, was just like bringing in all these other day players who could and probably would be used in additional uh, spinoffs. And Timothy Oliphant is perhaps the best example because he's so widely loved and he fit the universe and the character so well that we only saw him for... 35 minutes seems like such a tremendous waste. Uh, but they also spent a lot of the season like investing us in uh, Bo-Katan. Uh, I mean, also Cara Dune to an extent, although I'm not going to miss her desperately. And then and then Carson Teva as well. It's kind of a shame for that actor who, I mean, maybe he'll get another opportunity, but he really seemed to be so gung-ho to be a part of Star Wars in a big way. It'd be nice and if he- And embraced by everybody. Yeah, it'd be nice if he had that opportunity. I think that for me, Rangers of the New Republic, which is what it was to be named, and now it's not going to happen. Not necessarily. It's just not an active development. I see. Okay. Um, It kind of has the same thing for me as the Cassian Andor show, which is that like, yeah, I'll be there on day one, but I'm not not sure I I can really uh, commit to remembering that it exists. You know what I mean? Like there's there's just not yeah. like some singular hook. Maybe I'm basic because I'm I'm just so uh distracted by the looming Obi-Wan Kenobi of it all. But like there are some very big Star Wars things and then there are notably smaller Star Wars things. Yeah, I think you're like 99.5% of Star Wars Probably, fans on yeah. that one call. I don't I don't I think that's actually uh very accurate and it's weird because there is like during all of Andor's filming, it has been widely mistaken by um non-invested uh, sources uh as like oh here's set photos from obi-wan people just like assuming it's a star wars project and that's the only one that mainstream um 
outlets in certain areas could are aware and recognize yeah. and develop and are aware of. Uh, but yes, absolutely, Rangers of the New Republic and Andor kind of fall in that same bubble. What's interesting, though, with Rangers of the New Republic was it fell very much within this Favreau-Filoni-verse. So there was The Mandalorian, Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, and... Um, I guess I think book Boba Fett and I think, or, but I think essentially just in terms of being uh, produced by those two and all occurring uh, post return of the Jedi and around the same timeline, or at least as the Mandalorian or linking up with that to create one big um, cinematic level television or Disney plus experience. Mm. Uh, so there was going to be some big kind of gathering point. So it's interesting to see the fact that one of those spokes that's going to kind of come together to create this storyline of multiple shows linking together uh, with the Mandalorian being the one that kind of created all these other new plot lines. It's interesting that one of those is gone now, but we didn't know what it was, but I always do look back on the fact that I didn't know what the Mandalorian was at the start before it came out. I had no idea what it would be. And as much as I was excited for it, I, and I was really excited for it. I couldn't have expected to love it as much as I do. And so then it just kind of makes you curious as to know what this was and, and not that like, oh no, we're losing it, but like what's going to be kind of the game plan to shift away from that and what will be lost within that and how will it be incorporated elsewhere or saved? Well, I think two things about what you just said about The Mandalorian. One, you were going to love that show no matter what. Maybe it wasn't going to quickly become your favorite show of all time, but you were going to get fully invested in The Mandalorian to the extent that the the top 0.01 percentile of Star Wars fans would. What was slightly less pre uh, predictable was that it would become so widely mainstream, that it would become... And maybe this is a little bit a, a, a side effect of a fluke as a result of people not being totally satisfied by the sequel trilogy that they had this other Star Wars property that they could then be relieved and satisfied by. All that to say, The Mandalorian was an enormous success. But a big part of that was Grogu. And so if Cassian Andor, and is it just called Cassian Andor or Andor? What's the name of the show? Andor. <clears throat> if Andor and Rangers of the New Republic, if it were to exist... Um, were to exist, it would need some kind of nugget of accessibility, wouldn't it? So that there can be a hashtag trending all day the following day each episode is released so that mm. um, so that both members of a relationship can have something to attach to when they sit down to watch it on a Friday night, not just one person. Yeah, and it, the way that Grogu was such a, a draw, uh, the Mandalorian people... It's interesting, and I think the best way for me to describe it is I adore Grogu. I mean, look at the little guys sitting right next to me. Yeah. Uh, but when I really think about it, I think my favorite episode of The Mandalorian overall, like my favorite moment of, the, like not necessarily my favorite moment, but my favorite episode overall might be Chapter 15. And that is the only one that has zero seconds of Grogu. Oh, wow. Okay. Penultimate episode and of the second season. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's all about Grogu. It's, it's like it, but it's its focus is purely on Din and or Din and also Mayfeld as well. But yeah. just in terms of he's able to bounce a lot of his own personal demons off with that other character. I think that's my favorite episode too. I think that's my favorite one yeah. too. By the way, it's so good. It's sensational. Yeah, and 
I think that goes to show that it builds so much around that, like the concept of Grogu that we're even, we've fallen in love with Din and all of these other kind of characters too. And uh, the way Fennec Shand is becoming a fan favorite as well. And Boba Fett that we all know. And so he's back. And I, so I think that won't be a problem. Ahsoka, Ahsoka is already the most, I mean, uh, Grogu is probably financially already, but as I say, aside from Grogu, Ahsoka is the most successful Star Wars character um, to not be from episodes one through nine uh, by a bloody landslide. Right. Um, and so that will be enough of kind of an entry point there and the fact that she was introduced to Mando. But you're right, Rangers of the New Republic didn't have that. So I'm really curious to know what that little nugget was that they were maybe saving for us or was it really going to be a different style of show? Was it going to be very... Uh, like procedural cop style, or was it going to have a lot of political information and kind of showing the state of the galaxy from that regard, which I kind of expect to be probably was going to be a bit of both of those things. Yep. Um, and with a little bit of, uh, okay, what is uh, Patty Jenkins doing with Rogue Squadron? That's currently an active development. And right. that's one that she's making decisions on. So I'm sure there could be some spillover into ways to stylize a show like that, uh, to link things up once again. So it will be interesting to see what we're going to be missing uh, or how they're going to put them elsewhere. Um, do you think there was anything else that was going to be in that show that we're going to be losing potentially? Like, I mean, Cara Dune, she will be probably written, just written out. Well, easy enough. But do you actually think that that her dismissal from the company was a catalyst in the cancellation of the show for now? I think she was 100% behind the, the star. I think she was going to be the yeah. star of the show. And I mean, that would that, have been a mistake as far as I was concerned anyway, because she's not a good actor. I don't know why that they yeah. would put a whole Star Wars property behind this person who is kind of experimental. Even, yeah, even without she, the, I think she worked in the ensemble, but would not absolutely would not have worked as the main character. No, you know, like I, I'm all for something that just widens the galaxy and helps us better understand the ins and outs. If you're able to communicate to the average Star Wars fan who wants to know more uh, language and immersion that better helps him or her feel like they're a top tier Star Wars fan like yourself in a way that allows them to watch, for the lack of a better, more grown up content um, or, or just like live action content. I think that that's a really good mission statement. But you also have to create create good characters and interesting stories like that. The the writing rules, and so I don't mm. I don't know. We'll we'll we may never know, but a lot of great stories appear mundane and wouldn't be good until you've actually heard them or seen them. And so um, it might remain a, a great Star Wars what if. But I also think that it was vague enough and parsed enough mm. that we can get a lot of what we hoped for from other things like there's so many irons in the fire and i wondered if maybe we could discuss that like what is on the slate right now uh just in general of all of the different projects yeah let's go through it uh sure uh, i don't necessarily have them pulled up with the quickest access but let's we can start with favreau favreau and filoni verse like we were just talking about there is book of boba fett let's go right there that's first that's uh, this this christmas yeah, in in terms of the the major projects uh, this year, uh, it's visions, uh, a droid story, I think, and uh, Book of Boba Fett is coming yes. out in December, and so that will be the one that is the only mainstream one, and that looks to be 
uh, four at most six episodes. It looks to be likely, it, it seems to be sh being shot like a movie. Awesome. And, but will air like a television show. So it can't be that long. Uh, Tamora Morrison even called it a movie in an interview one time. <laughs> and so I think it just, it seems, and it seems like it's probably going to be entirely directed by Robert Rodriguez. And so it just, it, it seems like it's going to be a very contained story. Uh, we don't know a ton about that. It was confirmed that um, some behind the scenes stuff, um, rumors about Buccaneer, which was potentially going to be a rumored show that, I theorized was um, the Boba Fett spinoff and is confirmed to have been the Boba Fett spinoff. And so uh, there'll be a Wookiee in, in Book of Boba Fett. Sick, um, I love that. Yeah, probably be Black Kersantan, which is um, a, a big, scary, uh, like the scariest Wookiee bounty hunter in the galaxy. Yeah. And so just imagine that if they're, they're known in general for tearing people's arms off, imagine what he does. <laughs> Uh, so that could be really interesting, but also who are going to be the other, like what's, is Jabba the Hutt going to have a role in this? Uh, He'd better. Is, that would be great. And it would be well, so interesting when's to it gonna see When's it going to take him? place? Yeah. How's it going to start? Is it going to start? Like, is it going to start the way Patton Oswalt describes in Parks and Rec? You see the <laughs> Mandalorian gauntlet of Boba Fett. That would be foolish, but maybe I'd like to see some flashbacks. We got to see some more of that. Why just breeze over it? I, I don't know if it would be. I think it makes actually, it, it may be silly, but I think it makes a ton of sense to be the way it opens up, sort of. Yeah, I to know. To be able to, like, how else? Um, we have to see how that armor uh, gets away. And I highly, highly doubt it's going to be going. Um, you probably open on the armor. Return of the Jedi. I think you probably open on the armor and then you don't get yeah. to Boba until the second scene. I think that's what happens. But I'm. I'm a little uh, hung up on this, the, st the structure of it, movie versus TV. I think it's so cool that we're entering this time where the lines mm. are blurred and Disney Plus plays a role in that. Um, and I think because Star Wars is so uh, intrinsically cinematic, uh, we're inclined to like keep the, the sanctity of what is a movie and then what is a TV show and the lesser and the greater. And, um, but we, I don't see why we have to do that. And like, I'm somebody who prefers movies to TV shows, generally speaking. But when you say that they're filming Book of Boba Fett like it's a movie and they're going to break it up into four to six chapters and air them episodically, I'm okay with that. But I also would love to see a Star Wars movie. And, and then it occurs to me, what's to stop them really from releasing it in six-part increments on Disney Plus and then in January giving it a short theatrical run as a three-hour movie? People would go. yeah. I mean, licensed to print money. Yeah. Uh, and so that would make a ton of sense. Uh, it, it's something, whereas I don't know if it'll be, like, maybe they do that over time. They realize, like, it's something that they want to, like, allow it to to build up or they're going to maybe experiment with something or, or, or maybe they'll try it with a movie first. Like, they'll do, like, kind of like a co-release sort of thing. Uh, but I agree. Uh, I still have the theory that a, a droid story is going to be revolutionary. Uh, yeah, that's I've, I'm the I, I've never heard anybody else talk about it as much as I am, but I'm just convinced based on the the parties involved that it's going to be a, a a new type of animation that is going to be just really cool. I'd love it. That'd be uh, great. So that would be very interesting. And so something like that, even potentially, like they release it on Disney Plus and people. Maybe it's technically 
incredible and needs to then be shown on the screen for a reason like that. Or, so 2022, so it, we more than likely have Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, Andor, which is a good year. It seems uh, very likely that Andor would probably come out before Obi-Wan, yeah. but Obi-Wan is significantly shorter and is being shot on the volume and ha has started and Andor is not done. Right. And so based on post-production time, it's very possible they could get Obi-Wan out ahead of time. Um, but those do seem to be the likely 2022 uh, and of course Mandalorian season three. Yes. So wow, good year. Three amazing, like that's incredible. And Ahsoka is also going to be in development and is being run by Dave Filoni, but it's something that likely has a level of priority to it. So I would be shocked if that came out any later than 2023. Yeah, um, you don't want to drag your heels on it because they already gave her like a, a soft pilot on Mando season two. They can bring her into season three again before we see her own show. You don't want to do that mm -hmm. too much, right? You don't want to. You don't want to spoil it. Yeah, and actually, that just reminded me of a couple things. Uh, just the minimal amounts of imagery we've received. Uh, so actually, I'll just take a quick step back to Book of Boba Fett. There's uh, there is imagery like um, set patches and whatnot of him in his armor, and so if he has lost his armor that entire time, that means that we're either going to get a lot of flashbacks in Book of Boba Fett. Or maybe it does take place right before Return of the Jedi, or part of it does. Yeah. So that could be, that is a way of thinking about it. Uh, and for Ahsoka, there's a lot of imagery uh, around um, the world between worlds. Uh, so there's a, a decent chance that time won't be linear in that show. So the that'll be a, a whole other nice uh, added angle um, when it comes to how you can introduce that show and then also what timeline it's going to be in around the Mandalorian, which we also can imagine is probably going to have some kind of time jump maybe, but we got left in a kind of a weird cliffhanger. I mean, how, do, how is that going to work? It's like, he needs to, how long is Grogu going to take to, to train with Luke? Well, that's right. And Mando can regress a little bit just as a response to his emotional turbulence. But he has also changed forever. Now he can't mm. just going. He can't just go back to being like a brutal outlaw. Well, he's he's the ruler of Mandalore at the moment. That's true. He has to deal with that. Technically, <laughs> that's true. But that could also very easily transition Boat Katan into being a really compelling villain. And yep. we haven't seen the end of Moff Gideon. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely true. And I think that kind of actually brings things back to Rangers: The New Republic a little bit. There was a, a heavy rumor that. Uh, Bo-Katan was going to be one of the other leads. And so does her story continue in, in that show or in The Mandalorian? And also, I thought logically, it could also make sense that what's Moff Gideon's case? Is Moff Gideon going to be just the villain for The Mandalorian? Is he going to maybe shift and become the villain for uh, Rangers of the New Republic? Is Moff Gideon going to be the villain of multiple things? Or is that going to be Thrawn, which seems like the likely situation? Yeah. And Moff Gideon was going to be more of a compartmentalized villain that would be done away with in a couple seasons sort of thing. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how those are then resolved and if they're brought back into Mando now. And like, will Mando spend a lot of time on Mandalore in season three? Because he hasn't been there yet. <laughs> It occurs to me it would be really good to do a, a top six list sometime of favorite villains other than Vader and Sidious. 
or like like other than Sith yeah. Lords, or actually that'd be really good. Other than Sith Lords, because other than Sith Lords, that's a great way of putting it. Because like there are so many like really compelling villains who don't get a lot of screen time for for understandable reasons. Obviously the the Force tends to kind of take precedent, but um, I have kind of forgot about Moff Gideon for the last couple of months until we just started talking now, and I'm like, ah, oh, dude, that guy was so great. Oh my god, the <clears throat> taunting that he does with Grogu. Oh, you remember these. <laughs> and then you mentioned uh, Patty Jenkins. Uh, wh- what is it again? It's I guess it's Rogue Squadron or... Yep. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. And that is uh, December 2023. Uh, and that's a, so. a movie, perhaps a move, the first in a trilogy. We don't know. Uh, we have absolutely no idea if there's anything standing beyond that. It appears... Uh, it seems like it's probably just going to be a movie similar to the way that Rogue One was just a movie, yep. but, um, or maybe it'll be more like Solo, which was just a movie, but was set up to have the potential for a trilogy. Right. Uh, so maybe that's actually more likely. I know they also, uh, this is, in this entire episode is uh, just long versions of the news, uh, but there's also, um, I forget, I forget her name, but, uh, the production designer for Wonder Woman is also being brought aboard for Rogue Squadron. So. Okay, good. So they have a, a working relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, Bill, and and there was also um, the writer has been determined, uh, and she said that she wants him to have his own announcement. So okay. it's potentially someone of note, um, or someone that she at least has a lot of respect for uh or there's a reason hasn't been announced um quentin tarantino (laughs) not likely not likely (laughs) that'd be interesting uh but because it's also interesting that it's um something that's such a personal project for her as well so uh it's somebody she clearly has a a lot of uh, respect for and i'm curious i'm I'm also surprised it hasn't been announced yet yeah Uh, because there's a bunch of people uh there's other people who like jd dillard um one of the names I'm pulling at the moment. There's a couple others um, who are just people who've been announced as you have a Star Wars project that you're working on, but we have no idea what the hell they're working on. Right. Um, and so he's also another, uh, I forget. Um, oh, crap. I think, I think they announced who he's working on his with. I can't remember that one either. Um, Dear White People, the creator of that. Or maybe oh, yeah. He's the creator of that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that rings yeah, a bell. The, I'm pretty sure there's an affiliation of whoever the creator of that is is also working on a Star Wars project. What's the status of Ryan Johnson again? Is he still potentially in the fray? Uh, yes, uh, according to his most recent and anyone's most recent discussions of it. Uh, but it's also something that there is no word on things. Uh, it seems very, very, very likely. Um, oh, I forgot. I really want to watch Loki because... Um, yeah. The, the writer of Loki is writing uh, Feige's uh, Star Wars project. Oh, damn, uh, that too. So that's likely the, I forget whether, that one's likely the 2027 movie, which means the 2025 movie is likely Taika Waititi's one. Um, oh my God, so, there's so many things. There are so it's many insane. things. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the full slate out till 2027. Um, and they, the Lando show is is happening. Yeah, there's also the Lando show um that one is one of the later ones announced and uh i forget there is a, there's of course obi-wan which we just briefly mentioned um 
there's at least one other thing that I, I, I'm not remembering um, that I think is one of those more further out things, but um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just all the movies that I'm getting mixed up, but I think there's something else. So we're in like uh, the last star Wars lull for a little while. Oh my God. Are we ever, yeah. it's going to be absolutely insane next year. Uh, and that's why with, all of the craziness that they like they focused on having the the high republic for the the canon junkies and then just a kind of a little bit of a breather after a hugely successful mandalorian run and um i mean the way that season two wrapped up it was just so universally yeah uh, and applauded it put them in a very strong position to take this kind of little break because they bought so much goodwill and also timing was really good in that minimal COVID impact on development. Honestly, like that they were able to get oh, season two of Mando out when they did and that it'll only be, you know, under 18 months before uh, season three comes out um, and, and that all these other things are lined up and they haven't necessarily been uh, disjointed and or maybe the only exception that might have been in development a little bit faster if not. But um, mm. that's that's very lucky. Like if you look at, at, at Marvel... There has been so much anticipation around Black Widow, and chances are it's not a good movie at all. And is, is, is that out yet? It's coming out next week, I think, or maybe the week after the the Loki okay. season premiere. It's it's. Oh, is it not slated to be great? Well, it just doesn't look like that. I don't know that there's any. Oh. I th- all of the reviews are embargoed. I'm not even sure if anything has been seen in a critical sense, but like. Generally, you can kind of smell when when something is getting buried because of the promotion they're willing to put on it. Um, and also, uh, David Harbour, who is like on the top of my list of people I want to see in Star Wars, is also a uh, box office curse. And so... Oh, yeah, that's not good. No, not so much. Well, he was Hellboy, right? Or one of the well, Hellboys? He, he, yeah, yeah he, wouldn't, he wouldn't want you to remember that, but... He's Chief Hopper oh, from Stranger right. Things. That's that's his role. And he has Harrison yeah. Ford charisma. And that's why I think he'd be great in Star Wars. But uh, And he seems like a cool dude. But uh, he has not had a lot of uh, theatrical success just yet. And it doesn't seem like it's going to happen with, with Black Widow because obviously they got bumped a year and a bit ago. And, and it's it's having a bit of a soft launch. All that to say, Star Wars is kind of uh, making out all right as far as things can go. Okay, I mean, I think that's all I wanted to say about about the upcoming slate. We had also uh, yeah. discussed maybe having a bit of a hypothetical conversation about uh, one F FN two one eight seven and 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 what we thought of of that character. In all of our discussing the sequels, uh, we've sidelined him as much as Disney has um, because it was hard not to. And yet, yeah. such a fan of that guy, and uh, I was wondering what your thoughts are on him and the character's future. Well, it was just, it was nice to see. And uh, it's because we've had such a, a break here. Uh, he spoke recently about uh, discussions on how uh, he would very much be willing to come back uh, and work on a Star Wars project. And he'd love to work again with uh, Kathleen Kennedy and JJ and would work with them uh, and would want to work with them to return to Star Wars. Uh, and so I think that that's, uh, speaks volumes about the respect that he still has for them and also about the conversations that he had with Kathleen Kennedy, uh, because like he, he made very vocal remarks about, uh, the way he felt his character was, was sidelined and they were completely hundred percent. Right. We, we have certainly talked about that. Um, they were, but in the narrative, 
that kind of stuff, right or wrong, can also be very easily construed into, I hate Star Wars, I want nothing to do with Star Wars, stop asking me. And that is decisively not the case. Absolutely not, because uh, Disney reached out and he was... he. Was, or Kathleen Kennedy, and they and he eagerly accepted the opportunity to be able to have a, a frank discussion, and clearly it went well and was positive, uh, and that's what you want to be able to see. And you see someone like Finn who had a, a really fantastic start to a story, and uh, a couple kind of stumbling developments of the character, some things that kind of work, some things that don't. Uh, there's still a lot left to be told there mm-hmm. uh and i really want to see what would be what would happen if he if he came back and we can kind of a little chat about like what would be the the right way to see him come back to is he how we do episode 10 is, is he the main character in that regard is he the obi-wan to the the next uh main character is it's something where you do a bit of a disney plus to transition timelines a little bit more he, his name is finn is he a Skywalker as well? And the same symbolism as Ray. Um, there's a lot of questions is like, how is this character is so essential to the Skywalker saga, but yet so not essential to it um, going to continue to be a part of it. Yeah. And I mean, I, as many unanswered questions as there are about Finn, I think many of them exist in his backstory too. Like all mm. we always see is this person defect and that only happens at the last straw. Granted, I, I know that he was going through the motions and being obedient right up until then, but the story of a young person, a boy, develop- never killed anyone. developing a conscience is a really interesting story, especially like on the inside. And mm. that's something that you don't have to dedicate an entire film or TV show to, but it could be a cool component to a film or TV show. Like we talked about how... Um, there could be a two timelines thing with the Lando show or um, with, I think something else we, maybe it was Boba Fett. Um, I, I think that if you were to do a Finn show, cast two Finns, John Boyega and a lad and, or, or maybe three Finns and do like old man Finn. Like, that, I mean, I realize then you're kind of like, you're, you're boxing yourself in for what episode yeah. 10 could be potentially, but like um, there are unanswered questions about the fate of Finn and, and also, the origins of Finn. He's he's though he's a main character in The Force Awakens, he does just kind of duck in. Um and so what are the unanswered questions? What are the danglers about Finn's story? Obviously whether or not he's force sensitive, although that's like pretty easy to interpret. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh even the way that they do it in the Star Wars Christmas special and uh JJ has said, and John Boyega is every, it's, it's a hundred percent. He's absolutely has the force. Uh, in like a lightsaber Jedi Knight kind of fashion, you think? Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's something that I, I will definitely be explored in some capacity. It's a matter of, do we skip ahead? And do we tell the story of him after he's already trained? Because logically his master is going to be Ray. Uh, well, we know his master's, well, according to the holiday special, which is once again, not really, it's canon adjacent sort of thing. But logically, yes, of course, his master's going to be Ray. Right. Uh, so you need Daisy Ridley back if you're going to be able to do something that is yeah. directly after. And so then that also gets a little interesting. Do you do it as a bit of a side adventure that takes place 
a couple of years after there he's like maybe or maybe it's like finn's jedi trials that you can kind of have him doing some solo stuff you don't need to have a massive daisy ridley involvement um or do you specifically talk to john boyaga and you say hey um we can like we would like to be careful maybe do a thing and then like maybe do like a little bit of a backstory but we specifically are saving you for episode 10 sort of thing if they think that that's something that they want to go with right but at this specific point do they even know that they want to do an episode 10 i'm sure they're not thinking about it just yet i mm. although oh we should talk about this too mm-hmm. um they you'll remember just before rise of skywalker they and by they i mean like jj abrams was like this is it this is the last one in the skywalker saga and clearly their approach to that movie and that trilogy in general was not as uh, tight or strategic as we would have hoped. And so they could easily go back on that promise. Um, oh, absolutely. They could go back on that promise because the whole bloody problem with that trilogy was the fact that we're like, hey, guess what? We're going to do one last trilogy. What are you doing? We're doing one last trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we had planned. Are <laughs> uh, Finn and Ray in love? Uh that's an that is an interesting one. Like, how does that develop? Is that a, a storyline that you continue? Clearly, or the seed was much... p- the seed was planted. There's no question about it. And we've never this, had like seed... a like a, a master and apprentice be in love before. It, it would definitely play a, a, an interesting angle. Uh, is that something where it was the first time? And I, this is certainly the way that the story was kind of played for the next two movies. Is this is the first like friend? Finn ever had and so uh, he was so dedicated in that regard uh, to be a good friend um, that of course it's the first person he loves Uh, but then Finn like continues to have all these other friendships that snowball and as much as he has a close relationship with Ray it does seem less uh, attached and um, kind of puppy dog eyed uh, in the same way whereas Ray doesn't seem to have a reciprocal relationship like that way to Finn she does have a she loves Finn she loves Finn she thinks because she clearly Finn is her favorite person yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, she but, doesn't like Ben but she clearly loves Ben in a certain sort of way so right, right. And, I, I don't know if it is it aged well enough I just think that you can get there later. Like sometimes you mm-hmm. realize that, you know, this person, this is schmaltzy, but like sometimes you realize that the person you belong with is like, was there all along. Mm-hmm. And you're right. She was kind of like distracted by Ben Solo, who was there at the time and saving the galaxy was a bigger priority than puppy love at the time. But like, and it always will be obviously in, in the case of Star Wars, but like that could be very interesting because the two of them had a great amount of chemistry and maybe end of the day, that's the true tragedy of what happened to Finn is that it so couldn't have less been John Boyega's fault. He had so much chemistry with all of his scene mm-hmm. partners, with Daisy, with Oscar, with Harrison. Like he didn't, mm-hmm. he never blew it for a second. No. And that's the thing. He just didn't have chemistry with Kelly Marie Tran. And that I was guess just, just true. Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not his fault though. No, that's was not set. You, you give a character, he has so much chemistry with all these people in the first movie that it really kind of dies off. But like you said, even even Poe and the number of people that wanted the the Poe angle romance, which uh, was shot down by Poe being 
very clearly straight in episode nine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, but it was like, I, it's interesting. Do you bring Kelly Marie Tran back? Do you bring, um, uh, what's her face? Um, Naomi Aki back? Um, I, I think Jana's and so boring, uh, like unbelievably boring. Uh, so it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but they do have an understandable backstory together. Um, you can always make a boring or, character not boring anymore. Like that's actually not, yeah. you get the right inspiration and that's basically a blank canvas making a previously boring character interesting. That's why I always am an advocate of bringing back Star Wars characters. Like I'm not even sure I can think mm. of an example of a Star Wars character we've seen before who I wouldn't be at least on some level keen to see again as long as the context was right. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely true. It, it, there are a lot of options. And then there's the option of you don't go with any form of uh, romantic attachment whatsoever, and you give that part of the story to somebody else. Uh, sure. But then that almost seems a little, it almost seems like Finn kind of deserves that, maybe more than anyone. <laughs> right. In the sequel trilogy, uh, to, to find someone who just fully accepts him and he's in he's able to have that kind of attachment that is reciprocated in a way that works well so well it's just but that then he, it, he needs it, a family in some in some form like mm. rise of skywalker was all about and the trilogy was all about ray's family and i get it but mm. if you already are dealing in family you might as well have a b plot about family as well as an a plot because this dude is as alone as she is yeah, and you can also find a way to really mirror the way Anakin falls in love if you want to extend this out to be an episode like 10, 11, 12 sort of thing. Right, and, and that's showing. the only that's the only epic romance in all of Star Wars is Anakin and Padme, and we all agree it well, could have been could have been done. Leia. Oh, well that's true, yeah. But but it's it's steamy it's, and you, and you buy into it, but it's not mm. like it's not as, as epic or tragic. It's definitely not as tragic. And in general, it's not as influential upon like the main plot the like it's it gets there and it's it's some of the best of the best star wars you're right i guess i'm kind of making excuses for myself because that's that's true but yeah it might be cool to do like like some kind of whirlwind uh lovers in a dangerous time kind of star wars again because even han and leia do scrap yeah. an awful lot yeah absolutely and also maybe like people who deserve it a little bit more and people who are a little bit more mature than uh, to tell maybe that kind of a relationship in star Wars. Cause that sure as hell doesn't exist. A mature relationship. <laughs> yeah. Or, or anywhere um, for that matter. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. That. But also in particular, it might be that kind of sort of way in, in going against the angle of, um, Oh, you're too old. Yeah. Uh, and the truly wonderful, the mind of a child, which are our wonderful messages in star Wars. Um, but also, um, the inverse and reason as to why the last Jedi is so great is that you still continue to, to learn with age. And sometimes as you age, you can learn even more valuable lessons than a young person could because you're more receptive to learning or because of past experiences, a la Luke Skywalker for those who hate grumpy Luke. A la Din Jaren. Like there's an old, yeah. there's an old fart who learns late in life about like love and, and, doing the right thing and being more powerful. And it's not out of the question that he has some kind of force sensitivity. Uh, I think it is. He has ass handed to him way too many times. <laughs> he gets true. saved so many. Yeah. Like, the fact that Din was able, like it, he, 
he's almost a, he's a died ragdoll. against yeah. one dark trooper and Luke took on 39. <laughs> well, he is Luke Skywalker, to be fair. But yeah, you're right. He's kind of a ragdoll, especially in season two. He takes some hits. Um, what are your thoughts on, on JJ's comments? So he said very flippantly, and he had to know at the time that it was going to make some, some noise. Yeah. Basically admitted that, yeah, it would have been a good idea if we had thought the sequel trilogy out ahead of time like beginning middle and end rather than taking it one step at a time and then you know a chorus of laughter rang out as everybody said yeah you think is that is that how you felt absolutely yeah but it's also one of those ones that i felt was also uh yeah this is just the first time he's been able to say these words in the same sentence yeah he has said this before uh and he did everything he could to he JJ's been fairly blunt about things. And I, I think everybody at Lucasfilm and, and Disney has. And mm. uh, they talked about how they they would have liked to have had more time. And JJ is, has mentioned that. And it's clear now that they know that they made mistakes on this the same way they realized after Solo what some of the mistakes were. Bob Iger owned it and said that uh, it was uh, a, a timing issue and, 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 a, and, a, and a marketing issue and a, and a couple other things. And it was a couple other things, but like, um, yeah, I, they haven't specifically announced what the issue was in the same kind of way, but this is kind of JJ would it is just kind of pushed all the breadcrumbs that he had talked about into a pile and said, yeah, <laughs> duh, clearly, cl- clearly we, we should have planned things through right. a little bit more. And as a result, we wouldn't have had to, you know, replace directors, which is something that if you plan things through, you're not going to have the same kind of issue on. But also in that same kind of capacity, yeah, we also would have loved to have planned things through and have had Carrie Fisher survive all of the movies. Well, we true. would have loved yeah. to have had um, these kind of hindsight is 2020. And so I think it is kind of a well, duh, but JJ is just kind of saying it so that he gets people stop asking for the sentence to be put together. I also think it's kind of a healing comment in a way because it's validating for Star Wars fans who who felt either mm. mis- misled or a little little uh, little hurt by what they got. And, and always take this with a grain of salt because obviously we know that ultimately I really like all those movies and I, mm. I I'm so glad they exist. Um, I, yeah, of course we love them all. Yes, but uh, I, I think I think there are probably a lot of Star Wars fans who are like. They, it's, they they don't feel alone in their uh, their issues with the sequel movies, but they kind of feel like Disney has no idea that they did something wrong or that it could have been done, done differently. And so like a lot of Star Wars fans are out there feeling kind of gaslit by the powers that be. And so to have JJ be like, actually, you're right. It's this and this and this or or whatever you may think is totally valid kind of opens the door for people to be excited for the next thing. Yeah, and and I hope that's the case. And I think that having your success from The Mandalorian, once again, that allows people to be in the good mood, to be receptive to hearing things like that. The same way that um, I have seen people post on Reddit about being like, hey, it would be cool to see Ryan Johnson do an episode of The Mandalorian. Totally. And it's great to be able to look through the comments because I saw that like maybe a couple months ago uh, and the comments weren't very, they weren't bad. They yeah. weren't that bad. People were for the most, like even people who said, Oh, I hate the last Jedi. A lot of them followed it up with, but I know he's known for good TV. 
So this probably wouldn't be a bad thing. That's right. And then that's the transition to then people being okay with seeing a movie from Ryan Johnson within Star Wars again. And you know what? If JJ in friggin' 10 years is done with his contract with whoever the fuck it is. Apple. Um, is it Apple? that don't? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it is. Yeah. It sounds right. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe John Boyega cuts his losses on needing to work with JJ because JJ and Kathleen probably aren't going to work together ever again, just based on age. And I think the JJ's contract's pretty long. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they find a way to make something like that work. But I, I just, I think in general, it allows people to be more receptive to all things that tie in with the sequel trilogy more including even potentially the Mandalorian tying with sequel trilogy, the way we get like early Snoke um, remnants there. So it's, it's all part of uh, uh, this will begin to make things right. The mm. comment JJ made as a bit of a shot at the prequels, not realizing that uh, he would need to take some of his own medicine on that one. At That's some right. Point. Anything else in the news that we should definitely hit on? We've been off for a few weeks. And so there are probably some big things. Yeah, there certainly are some big things. Um, and because of that, we can't hit on everything. Uh, I'd say let's talk about uh, the two big other things that have been in the news. And that would be uh, Bob Chappick uh, letting it slip that there's a Han Solo show in production. Ah. Uh, and so this one is likely, uh, it just, I think the internet seems to be in, in, a, in a general consensus. That Misunderstanding. Probably just bob chapik not knowing everything that's going on yeah uh and knowing that there's a lando show and that lando was part of solo maybe this does mean that alden ehrenreich is in conversations um at the moment uh maybe it means that there's some reprisal of some sort but i wouldn't look too too deep into it um it is interesting, though, with the other thing that's in the news, um, and that would be the return of Kira. Yes. Uh, and so maybe there is some linking up in that regard and that they've been in talks with Amelia Clark because they wanted to plant a seed in a comic and uh, find a way that they could tell that story. And of all the seeds that were planted in Solo, that is the one that uh, I'm the most interested on. And so what they did in the comic was there was the reveal that uh, she had indeed been the one to steal uh, Han's uh, frozen carbonite slab from Boba Fett. So there's been uh, the Ooh. War of the Bounty Hunters, which is a big uh, arc that's going on. And it's essentially Han is still the top target in the galaxy and Boba hasn't gotten him to Jabba yet. So he's still fair game. Uh, and Kira has devised a master plan to wait in the wings and just swoops in and, and gets Han. Um, and so I didn't read the comic, but I, I, I read a bit of a summary there. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens next. But uh, after this is 15 years later in the timeline. And so it shows that she survives. Uh, Crimson Dawn uh, has had some changes, uh, but she appears to be uh, in charge. And so it's, it's very interesting. Well, first of all, I'm I'm very OK with them. Uh, rehiring Alden Ehrenreich to service the furthering of either the Lando story or the Kira story. I think that's a really good idea. And especially with Lando, because when they reunite in Empire Strikes Back, I like to think that's not the first time they've seen each other since the Sabacc table when he won the Falcon, because there's an indication... It doesn't that, seem right now. No, they're supposed to be old friends, if like frenemies. Like, that was just one weekend they spent together in, in Solo. That's, that's not enough. I get the impression that 
and I, I didn't even, I, I got the impression even from that movie, and even if we never got a thing from Han or Orlando again, that this was just like one of the many times that they're going to have this back and forth where one of them gets the win over the other. Right, right. I hope that's the case. And then in the case of Kira, I've said, I don't know how many times in this podcast, I, I'm I'm desperate for more Kira. Uh, if we jump that many years ahead in the timeline, do we bring Amelia Clark back? Do you think that, yeah, you think that's wise rather than recasting somebody older? Well, I don't think you'd do that in terms of Amelia Clark. I think it's interesting that they're bringing her back in a comic in this way. So it almost makes it seem like they may not kill her. Like yeah. They may have her just... Uh, I, I saw this, um, I think it was mentioned on Star Wars Explained, just kind of that she may even get like a, a send off to the sunset, like almost that Han wanted her to get out of the game and that she may realize Han's actually for once realized he's the good guy and is now servicing the bigger picture. So well, she... I'm going to let him finally do the favor he wanted and I'll, I'll surrender the game for Han. So she just like, she, something like that. She disappears like Dexter and just goes off the grid and becomes a lumberjack. Yeah. 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 Like it could be something like that. So there could be Kira's main story could be more so between what happens between solo and, and this later point when she, um, decides to kind of disappear, but there's her story with Maul is the really fascinating one I want to Obviously. see because yeah. Maul has, is, is dead at this point, and uh, Kira likely was the one who ousted him. I can only imagine. Right. But how, how she pulled that off, that would be interesting. Well, it's like I said earlier, just get the right writers, get the right imaginations, the right inspiration, and you can do it right. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a really cool story to be told between Kira and Maul, and Maul thinking that he just has some timid scrum rat working for him uh, who will ultimately leave him stranded yeah. on the planet. <laughs> yeah, big time. Okay, what else? Uh, that's kind of it in, in the news and just in terms of those being big talking points. Um, there's uh, more Cassian stuff being shot. Um, Chernobyl actor Robert Ems, uh, he was added to uh, Andor. He has uh, a very kind of thin, gaunt, imperial appearance. So you can kind of just tell when people are cast what they look like they're probably going to be and whether or not they look Star Warsy. Right. Uh, and man, it's good the way... Like, when the first time I ever saw Daisy Ridley, I was just like, holy shit, you look like you belong in Star Wars. You got the face, um, yeah. Dom Hogleason, when they said, oh, he's going to be in Star Wars, just was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Uh, it's just... It's impressive when they're able to, to pull it off and uh, he's just another face where it's... It seems like that's the case. So. Well, on that note, yeah. on that note, the people who have uh, Star Wars faces, we talked about uh, Ryan Johnson just recently. Um, one thing that's come out in entertainment news uh, since we've last done a podcast is they've cast a good chunk of the Knives Out sequel. And so of the people who have been confirmed for that, uh, Dave Bautista uh, kind of risen a little bit in the last few years. I think he was a fighter mm -hmm. initially, uh, most notably Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy. Edward Norton needs no introduction. Kate Hudson, her as well. Catherine Hahn, kind of fresh off a really great uh, uh, WandaVision stint, but in general is just so reliable in all uh, aspects. Everything. Les Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Aaron Burr, sir, in Hamilton. Okay. Um, and also he was in uh, 
the Miami movie that Regina King directed for the Oscars, and Janelle Monae, who's obviously multi-talented, um, got to cast one. Who are you going to put in Star Wars of those six people? Oh. Well, there's a rumor a long time ago that Dave Bautista was um, the preferred candidate for Darth Bane. Uh, oh. And if he could carry it, uh, he's built the way Darth Bane is supposed to be in terms of just a, a, a monstrous mountain of a bald man. I don't know if we um, know if he's a good actor. He might be, but I don't know if we know if he is. No, but it's interesting. I have... Um, I've watched a couple interviews with him before and he seems extremely intelligent, mm -hmm. uh, but also very careful about the way he works on his acting. He seems to take it, he seems to like take the same level of seriousness that maybe like, kind of like that, I guess probably like that fighter's mentality. Yeah. Um, but to a, a clinical level and uh, just, he seems very smart. So I have no idea like either, but uh, he could be somebody who'd be really interesting in, in what he could do um Catherine Hahn could be so yeah cool like what she could do but as, as a again, hero I though I think yeah but I just I wonder is it a is it a like a political kind of role um is it like a I always forget what this exercise kind of reveals is how few archetypes there are in Star Wars yeah. Oh, absolutely. There are. You're either the 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 background barkeep type. Yeah. Uh, the the individual in distress. The, the droid. The hero. The Jedi the, master. The droid. The, the heroic Jedi. The the weird alien creature. The imperial uh, uh, paper pusher. Absolutely. Catherine Hahn would be an excellent alien. I'm sure. Uh, or a droid. Oh, Catherine Hahn is a droid. I'm really hung uh, up on Edward Norton. Like he's he's so waspy and and individual he, he'd be excellent but he would ask for too much money after the first one and yeah. then they'd have to recast him yeah um but yeah edward norton is one of the best actors in the world he yeah. would be insane um honestly the only person on, i haven't i haven't seen much that she's been in the only person on this list that i i wouldn't want and would never happen anyway is kate hudson of the other five that would never work no no but of the other five if the news came out tomorrow, I'd be like, great, sweet, sounds good. Yeah. I think I'm going with Catherine Hahn as a droid. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's a, that is a definitely a, a tough call because they're all phenomenal actors and uh, Ryan Johnson certainly is on a, a hot streak with Knives Out actors. <laughs> so, so many birthdays. Uh, happy birthday on Wednesday, May 26th to Peter Cushing. On Thursday, the 27th to Christopher Lee and Paul Bettany. On Saturday, May 29th, happy birthday to Sebastian Shaw. On Tuesday, June the 1st, a happy birthday to Gareth Edwards. On Monday, June the 7th, uh, which is the day we're recording this, happy birthday to Liam Neeson and Dave Filoni. Today's a big day for Star Wars birthdays. And yes, on, on Wednesday, Wednesday, June 9th, a happy birthday to Natalie Portman. So uh, late May, early June, big time for the Star Wars family in terms of cake eating. Oh, always has been. That's right. George Lucas for that. Yeah, that's right. He was uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if you have any thoughts on anything we discussed tonight, we'd love to hear what you have to say, whether it's thoughts on the current Star Wars slate or what you uh, think will be missing now that there's not going to be a Rangers of the New Republic as far as we're uh, concerned. Any inspirations? We'd love to hear them. What was your instinct? One other thing. One thing I was going to ask you. What color lightsaber does Finn have to have? Well, he has yellow in the Lego special, right? Isn't that a thing? 
It, it is, but it's he's just using Ray's lightsaber. Uh, on the poster, it's, it looks like they both have different ones, but no, he just uses hers uh, with, during training. I don't know. Orange? I don't know. Ooh, you, so you want to go with an, an entirely new color. Oh, I don't know. I just, I always liked orange lightsabers. I always thought that was kind of a cool concept. And in general, cool in general, I'm bored of blue lightsabers. Like we rely yeah. way too heavily on them and there aren't enough green ones. And so we can give them a green one if we're sticking with classics. Yeah, with classics. I think logically he fits to have a blue one based on the other characters who've had blue ones and yeah, um, just what that would mean. It could maybe make sense if it's like a new Jedi way for them to like, he would also have a yellow in that regard as well. That, uh, but I agree with you. It would look the best for it to be a green. Yeah, <laughs> it's I not even close. Great. It would just, I want to see that on screen again. Um, just that incredible glow that we saw at the end of Mando 2, but on the big screen. Well, exactly. We saw it in Mando 2, and that was the first time we've seen good green lightsaber action in a decade or more. Oh, and it was a beautiful hue of green, too. Because yeah. it's not like Qui- Qui-Gon's, like prequel green is like very, like, Eight pack of crayons, green. It is the 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 boring grass green. You're right. I, I, it was it was perfect in uh, Mando. Well, we want to hear your thoughts on on Finn as well. We just decided it was time to have a have a brainstorm about Finn. So let us know what you'd like to see for that character. Any predictions you might have about what they'll do with him, assuming that they do. Uh, you can tweet us at recorder66 or email recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Please consider rating and reviewing on your preferred podcast app so we can be found by other Star Wars fans. Same goes on YouTube. If you're watching us there, be sure to like and subscribe. And until we are together again, may the force be with you.